Well, our guest is already on the line this morning, uh, Dr. Uh, Major Agbo. Uh, good morning, Dr. Major Agbo. Thank you for joining us on the conversation on New Cruise FM today. Yeah, good morning to you. Good morning to the good people of uh, Southwest. Okay, Southwest, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we sincerely appreciate you for creating time to join us. I did say earlier, uh, Governor Dr. Major Agbo is the National Publicity Secretary of the New Nigeria's People Party, uh, that is the NNPP. So quickly, uh, I think because of time, uh, let me just uh, look straight at uh, uh, some of the issues that we've got here. Uh, yes, on Tuesday, November 1, uh, the candidate of your party, Kwakwanso, uh, Mr. Kwakwanso, unveiled uh, his 160-page uh, manifesto and policy uh, document titled My Pledges to You, uh, that is the RMK 2023 blueprint. In the document, Kwakwanso uh, highlighted 20 promises that he will bring to fruition if elected president of Nigeria next year. Uh, Dr. Mijagbo, I want us, I want you to just give us the skeletal brief of this manifesto for the benefits of Nigerians, of uh, electorates, of listeners who will be listening to you today. Well, thank you so much. Uh, and uh, I want to tell Nigerians that uh, for the first time, we we have uh, a president that uh, is coming in, you know, and uh, who has the interest of uh, the ordinary people at heart. Of course, you and I know that uh, the problems of this country are the traditional problems of insecurity, there are the traditional problems of unemployment, mm -hmm. there are the pro traditional problems of fast decaying infrastructures, the traditional problems of decaying educational system, and so on and so forth. We all know and appreciate the fact that these are our problems, but uh, the missing link all this while has been the willpower, you know, of those in power to ensure that uh, these problems are dealt with frontally. So for the first time, uh, the NMPP candidate, uh, His Excellency Senator Rabi Musa Kwankwaso, you know, after, as you all know, those who are familiar with his antecedents would attest to the fact that uh, he is uh, one man that is very close to the ordinary people, one man who has lived all his life serving the ordinary people, mm. one man who has, uh, you know, done everything possible to ensure that uh, the well-being of the ordinary people, the disadvantaged people, uh, is enhanced. And so he has uh, taken his time to look at the pains of Nigerians, to look at the pains of the ordinary people. He has promised that he's not coming into power to serve the elite. Okay. He's not coming into power to serve the rich. He's coming into power to minister to the needs of the ordinary people. And so what you have in that blueprint is a well-articulated, well-put-together you know, uh, solution to the myriads of problems that Nigerians are confronted with. When you go into it, you would see that, yes, the, 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 the blueprint attempts to address these traditional problems I've tried to, to itemize. But then what is different there that you would see is the system, the strategy that would be adopted in dealing with this. You know, the willpower, the energy that is required, the commitment on his part as uh, the president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria to get this done. And so you will see that... Uh, uh, Serious problems such as unemployment would be dealt with. Of course, there you would see that uh, he has a grand plan to increase the size of uh, the military, the size of the police. And what does he want to achieve with mm. that? One, to curb the problem of unemployment, and then two, 
to also ensure that uh, every inch of our piece of, of our land, our geographical territory is well policed and the security of Nigerians is guaranteed in such a way that uh, they would be able to go about their normal businesses without uh, any form of molestation, you know. So that is the angle of security. When you come to education, of course, those who know him would always want to fondly describe him as Mr. Education. As governor of Kano State, he didn't only mop up the children of uh, Kano indigents. He also, once you are resident in Kano and you are in their need for education, he picks you up. He didn't end up putting them into schools within the shores. He also sent them abroad where they returned, and a good number of them are pilots now flying, you know, local aircraft. A lot of them are doctors. A lot of them are nurses, a lot of them are engineers, and so on and so forth. So uh, these are some of the things I intend to do. By the time this is done, I can tell you that uh, the well-being of the ordinary people, you know, would be enhanced, and uh, some of these challenges that has led to, you know, breakdown of uh, law and other breakdown of security and all of that would be things of the past. And above all, you know, no government succeeds except it adheres strictly to, you know, the principles of rule of law. What has been missing all this while is the fact that uh, people just get to power and uh, they do things that are not in compliance with uh, simple laws that they have, uh, you know, affirmed to come and ensure that uh, they adhere to. So it is, this government will be a government that is uh, guided basically by the principles of the rule of law, principles of, uh, you know, coexistence and all of that. And so these are some of these. But I can tell you that uh, the time you have is not enough. You have to continue to deal with the details of this <laughs> blueprint. But uh, if you go through it, you would see that uh, for the first time, we have what is different, and our approach and strategies will be different. And we are sure that at the end of it, all Nigerians will be better for it. Okay, well, the, your candidate, the candidate of your party, has been moving around the country uh, to yes. canvass for votes and, uh, for, of course, uh, to speak to Nigerians and uh, some critical stakeholders. Uh, recently, he was in our own state. I was in Ekiti State. Yes. He was in Ekiti State, and uh, there, Dr. Rabiu Musakwakwanso said neither the All Progressives Congress, APC, that's the ruling party, uh, nor the People's Democratic Party, PDP, can defeat his party in 2023 general election. Uh, that was when uh, he was in Ekiti State as part of his campaign in uh, Southwest. Uh, he said uh, if uh, elections were to take place today, that was when he talked, he said that MPP uh, will route uh, APC and PDP uh, render their leaderships and presidential candidates jobless. That was according to him. Uh, I, I will go on to say some of the things that he actually mentioned there. He said uh, NNPP has a brighter chance and no other political party can defeat NNPP. PDP has been wounded in Southwest by margins of uh, some parties. Uh, of course, in the North, uh, we have catched the PDP even in the South-South. They are no longer popular because of the presidential primary uh, contest and the APC has failed their people. And he also mentioned that no right-thinking Nigerian will want the status quo to remain, meaning that this a terrible situation, according to him, uh, to continue. So, yes, you have spoken glowingly, you have spoken well, and obviously uh, these are the kind of rhetorics Nigerians will want to hear at this time. But some Nigerians are looking at his chances. First off, uh, they are saying that it's actually different from the elite for those who have governed the country uh, for the past uh, years. Well, of course, he was a governor. Uh, for uh, on that one of these parties too, 
And then, yes, you talked about his achievements then, but they still believe that he still belongs to the same class, so that if Nigeria will have uh, to be delivered, according to some people now, that he will new a new breed of politicians entirely. Some people are even talking about his chances in the southern part of Nigeria, not only in the southwest, but also in the south-south and in the southeast. I even say that even in the northern part of Nigeria, uh, when you take away Kano, uh, where it definitely looks like a strong gold, and that place too. Don't forget that we have a state and governor from the APC extraction, and we have a uh, former governor too, uh, Shekara, who is there too. So, I'm talking about his chances now. I'm just bringing all of these uh, statistics uh, to the table for you to critically look at this. Uh, and uh, no political politicians uh, could be incurable optimist, but uh, honestly, Dr. Agbo. When you look at all of these, are you really that confident about uh, the well, chances? Democracy, democracy mm. is about uh, the power of the people to make their choices. And mm. um, uh, here we are confronted with, uh, you know, a choice of uh, whether we want to stay stagnant the way we are now as a country or we want to make progress. We are also confronted with uh, the choice of whether we want to, you know, be able to, you know, get our children meaningfully engaged doing productive things or we want them to continue to remain in the forests as uh, people who would continue to breach our security and breach the security of, uh, you know, and stop uh, our economy from blooming, I mean, from blossoming. Uh, we also have the choice of uh, whether we want to have a future for our children, including the ones that uh, are unborn, you know. So, uh, well, uh, those who are doing this analysis are those who believe that uh, the status quo as it were, should remain because they benefit from it. Uh, I can tell you as a field man, you are speaking to me as a journalist, I'm speaking to you mm. as a field man, I can tell you that the feelers that uh, we're getting from Nigerians indicate that uh, they want a complete departure, you know, from uh, what has been uh, terrible all this while. And, and just like he rightly said while in Adoikiti, uh, uh, Nigerians are tired of the APC and the PDP. And I can also tell you, even on their part, when you look at the rallies they conduct and all of that, you will see that uh, their time is off because they have nothing new to tell Nigerians. They still think that Nigerians do not know what they want or do not uh, understand the efficacy of the PVCs that they have. But I can tell you that they will be shocked, you know. And then coming to the fact that uh, whether he has had anything to do with any of these two failed parties, mm -hmm. yes, uh, yes, yes, he was governor of Kano State uh, as, as a PDP as a president, PDP. Mm -hmm. uh, and then at the point he also left the PDP mm -hmm. to join others to form what has now become uh, one of the worst that uh, we can have and all of that. And uh, mm. well, the question is, uh, democracy is about the right of people to move. If you are in a place where you feel that uh, things are not rightly done, you have the right to move away. So okay. he, he started with the PDP, he's a founding member of the PDP, of course, you know that under Obasanjo's government, he was go governor of Kano, Kano State for four years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for four years, had mm -hmm. a break for another four years, and then returned after four years, after four years. to complete his two terms. And uh, his antecedents are there, his achievements are there. Kano became, uh, uh, you know, uh, a state that cannot be compared to any other state in terms of infrastructural development, in terms of educational advancement and all of that. But uh, when he saw that uh, the vision you know, that eroded uh, him into joining the PDP, was getting eroded, he got angry, and because he felt that uh, that's not his own style of leadership, he felt that uh, if his party would not protect him to continue to do the good things he was doing for Kano, the right thing was for him to move away. And uh, the chances that the APC had when it came on board, you know, to make a change, 
He joined them to form the APC. Of course, you know, he's a founding member of the APC. Mm -hmm. He joined them to form the APC. And then when he discovered that uh, uh, people were simply not doing what they should have done or what they were expected to do as a party or as a group of people that broke away from a party that had uh, stayed in government for about 12 years or thereabouts then, he simply moved away. And then the next thing now was to say, okay, if uh, these two parties that have held this country by its jugular for 20-something years of, uh, you know, the return of democracy and all of that, if they are unable to, you know, to deliver on the needs and aspirations of Nigerians, the best thing is to join a new arrangement altogether. And the yeah. new Nigeria Post Party stands for a new beginning for the country. It's a party that uh, has clear-cut vision for what it wants to do for the country. It's the party for the youth, it's the party for women, it's the party for the disadvantaged people, it's the party for those who have uh, one form of disability or the other to grapple with. And so uh, he felt that uh, as somebody who has stayed all around the ordinary people, the best thing to do was to move away completely from these two parties that he often has described as parties that have no new thing to tell Nigerians anymore. Okay, Watch but their rallies. Watch their rallies, you would see that uh, the ideas are the same. They have no new thing. How can you... Okay, but, uh, okay, okay, but, doctor, but, but, but Dr. Mujagbo, you are now talking about NNPP. And uh, as we yeah. speak now, now as we speak as uh, at the moment, I, I I don't know of uh, anywhere where maybe the NNPP has a representative. You are stand to be corrected, and then I'm talking about uh, uh, elected officials across <laughs> Nigeria right now. You, you 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 probably you probably do do not know, and then maybe you need to cross check the statistics mm. as I speak to you now. Uh, we have two serving senators from Bauchi. Who have, because, uh, who have, okay, who have, who have just uh, moved to your party? Uh, it does not matter whether they have moved. As you know, the NNPP had uh, its roots from Bauchi. We started the mm. experiment from Bauchi in 2019. Okay, so those, okay, now we're looking at structures across the country right now. We we'll always talk mm. about uh, four front runners. That's what some Nigerians, those some parties would not accept that. They are 18 political parties contesting in this election. Uh, but okay. most people, most pundits and uh, experts have looked at the NNPP, the LP, the PDP, and the APC as the four front runners. It will get to some position, some points where others will say, oh, we, we just have two. And they're talking about PDP and, AP and, and APC. So I want you to look at that. This is one question I'm sure that you must have. Maybe you are even tired of answering this question. People will always talk about your party and LP uh, that uh, they don't have what it takes in terms of structures across the country to you give see, the likes of PDP and APC a run for their money. You see, let me tell you. I can tell you, and I am telling you for free, without any charge, that uh, those who are saying this are a few, just a very negligible percentage of Nigerians who, like I keep saying, believes that the status quo should remain the way it is so that they can continue to benefit. If you want to know the true line of thought of Nigerians, go mm. down. And if you watch my presidential candidate, you would see that as against uh, the practice of APC and PDP going to state capitals to gather people at the stadium to share monies that they have taken, they've helped themselves from the public post to. What we do, like you can attest to, the, when he was in Adoikiti, of course you know that he touched on so many of the rural areas where he tried to talk directly with the people. This is unprecedented. For the first time, this has never happened. In fact, the other day I was with him chatting, and he told me that he was in Yubi and that he was going as far as to Gaidam. Gaidam mm. is an enclave of uh, these insurgents. You know, Gaidam is in Yobe state. It's about uh, 
300 and something kilometers off the uh, Damatru, which is the capital of Yobi State. Nobody ever thought any presidential candidate could get there. And of course, it's there in history. No presidential candidate has had a reason to go that deep. In Cross Rivers, two weeks ago, he went as far as to get. When he came to Southwest, of course, he flew into Lagos, mm. started from Abekuta, came through Shagamu, through Ngere, and all the way through Ibadan, like that, like that, up to Adoikiti, where he stopped by every village, you know, to talk to the people, you know, and then uh, interact with the people, get to know their needs and all of that. Mm. What I'm trying to let you know is it is only mischief makers that would describe NNPP as it were today as a party without structure or without capacity to win this election. While they are busy gathering people at the stadium here and there, we are busy talking to the people at the grassroots level. And I can tell you for free that the feelers we are getting from Nigerians is an indication that uh, they would uh, just uh, listen to these people and that uh, these people have exhausted their ideas. And so there's nothing new that they stand to get from them. And so when they go there, they gather them. You know, Nigerians are hungry, yes. There's poverty mm. everywhere. You give them the money they will take. But I can tell you that on the election day, it will be a different ballgame altogether. So in terms of structure, I can tell you that we're on top. Anybody who is telling you that the PDP and APZ are on top now, of course, you know, they have enormous resources. They have, uh, you know, well-programmed uh, 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 social media activists who are everywhere there writing uh, mischievously on everything they do, trying to hide their activities and all of that. We don't believe in that. How many Nigerians get to the social media, how many Nigerians get to uh, the Facebook to read what is written about PDP and APC? Mm. How many Nigerians get to Twitter, uh, on Twitter to know what is happening? But we are on the ground talking to the people. So what we are doing, I can tell you, if you go to your village, I'm sure, I don't know the name of your village, but if you go there <laughs> now, you say NNPP, I'm sure they will attest mm. to the fact that uh, the party is no, in no, there. I will so, take you, Doctor, I will quickly take, I will, I will take you back to Kano, just before, just before we even talk about this other part of the country because uh, I asked you about Kano the other time and I'm looking at Kano which is actually the base uh, of the Kwakwansia movement and your candidates and your candidates would definitely would need to win heavily because of course there must be these calculations and permutations Dr. Agbo whether we like it or not you must uh, identify your strongholds you must identify that these are the areas that we definitely hold sway yes we'll get votes from all of these areas too but in even in that Kano some people are saying that because you have a sitting governor there at the live Genduje of the APC extraction and of course uh, definitely will be rooting for the candidate of his party Bola Tinubu from a governor Ibrahim Shekara who's working for Atiku of the PDP what is, will be your projection are you even certain that uh, I know, well I don't know I don't know the indices you are using to describe uh, what you think should happen in Kano but I can tell you that uh, if you interact with an average Kano person he will tell you that the factor is not a factor at the all candidate is not a factor at all, at all. Mm. He's of course, he's governor, but he's not a match to, you know, the antecedents of His Excellency Rabbi Musa Kwankwansu. I can tell you that for free. So I don't know where you are getting the, the indicators you are, you are using to, you know, to do this. Assessment. I'm only asking, I'm only asking you questions about oh, okay, okay, yes, okay. your projections case, for Kano and other Northern States. If that's the case, let me tell you that the APC has no place in Kano. That I can tell you for free. Hmm. Uh, of course, the last time that Bola Ametinbu went there, uh, you are a media man, you would have seen videos of what happened, you know, where he was getting stoned, where people were taking money from him and saying in Hausa that, ah, I is our money, we will take it and then we will still do what we want to do. I can tell you that uh, uh, Kano is not uh, up there for for anything APC. In fact, in Kano... No what about, what about the about PDP? 
We have Shekarao there. Shekarao is not a factor. Hmm. Shekarao is not. I'm telling you that maybe you need to, maybe I will need to send it across to you the numbers of a few key kind of politicians so that your. I don't mind. I don't mind. That will be for the purposes of education. I will do that so that Hmm. you get to know Hmm. that uh, in Kano. The only party that is known is what we call Mekayandadi. That is uh, the party with uh, uh, the logo of the basket and the sweet fruits in it, you know, which is the NNPP. Nobody knows PDP or APC. I am telling you that uh, it's only in the south now that people even struggle to mention PDP and APC. In the north, what mm. they know is NNPP. And I can tell you that uh, that would be a true reflection of the votes that will be cast on the 25th of February and then... Uh, the, the, the governorship and the state assembly elections. I assure you that. Well, 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 well Dr. Agbo, because of our time, there are so many other issues I would have loved us to touch on. But let's look at this. Uh, a different for uh, you, in particular, as the public secretary of the party, you have the night that the NPP uh, is in alliance with any other party. Uh, but at a recent event in Abuja, you were quoted to have said there could be realignment in the event that uh, any of such could lead to better deals for all involved. Give us a sense of uh, these better deals. Look at look at the English there very carefully. You will mm. see that, yes, I did say that uh, at the moment we are not in any form of alignment. Mm-hmm. The only one that we attempted to go into was uh, it broke down because of uh, uh, the people from the other side who had mm. no second agenda. They mm. came into the meeting with one agenda, which was that... Uh, their principal, Peter B, would be Peter the presidential mm, candidate, mm. while uh, Rabbi Muta Pankwaso, who is more experienced, who is more grounded, who has... Uh, but, 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 okay, people. go ahead, go ahead. So, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, that's, he would be his vice, and we said, no, this does not make any sense, because we won't know what to do with the pool of voters that uh, are behind His Excellency Rabbi Muta Pankwaso. They would be disappointed. Rather, to make this job easy, come behind us as deputy, and then work towards ensuring that power is handed over to the Southeast people by the time he's going out. So I have consistently insisted that, uh, as I speak to you now, we don't have any form of alignment or whatever with any other political party. But Mm. as politicians, maybe this is where you are coming from. I have also said recently that as politicians and as a political party, there is room for realignment if the goal is common. If we have a common goal of uh, getting rid of a common enemy, there could be realignments, you know. And this realignment would mean that uh, uh, others could join us, you know, from the back to assist us to get rid of the common enemy. But I can tell you for free and with emphasis that whatever is any form of arrangement that we are likely to have with any political party, I can tell you that that arrangement will be such that His Excellency Rabbi Musa Fonkwaso would be assisted to become the president of this country. That's what I have said recently, and I still stand by it. Any other arrangement, we're not contemplating it, and I can tell you that it's just not possible. But uh, if there are, you know, in the course of this election, between now and the election, if any political party sees that their chances are bleak and that they have no chance of making it, and so they would want, want one form of realignment or the other, they could come to us and kill behind us and support us. We, as political parties, we have a way of working it out. Mm. But any arrangement that uh, would put anybody ahead of His Excellency, Senator Rabbi Musa Conquest, so we are not contemplating it at all. Well, uh, just before we let you go, one or two questions, one or two questions. The key one, you talked about... Uh, you are so confident about uh, the chances of uh, uh, His Excellency, uh, Doctor, yeah, in, the uh, in the northern in the no- in northern states. I want to ask yeah. you about the southern part of the country. Maybe this is one of the reasons why uh, those who 
uh, came to that meeting from the Labour Party the other time will ask that uh, let's have uh, Peter Obi as the president and Musa Kwanso as the vice president. Because prior to this moment, there have been agitations from every part, from some part of from some part of the southern uh, 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 part of Nigeria, the power should, should shift. In 2023, because we're having a certain Bwari who have been there for eight years, and now he's going. Are we going to have another person from the northern part? You understand Nigeria? Yes, yeah, this is not constitutional, but because of what people see as a kind of a, a division, a sharp division that has taken place in the last um, seven years of Jairabat of his administration, and Bernadette they feel that for equity, for justice, for fairness, for sense of belonging, the southern part of Nigeria should have the power in 2023. Do you think that uh, with your candidates coming from the northern part of the country, it will definitely hold sway, have enough uh, support from this region. Like you said, for the purpose of fairness, yes, I am not against power shifting to the south, but mm. uh, the question I always ask is, uh, what of the level of preparedness of the southern people to get this power? Are they cohesive? Are they working together? We saw them coming to Abuja, you know, to, to, to for the APC primaries, and uh, they paraded uh, a good number of candidates, the likes of uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the immediate past minister of state for education, Emekamwa Juba, mm. uh, Ken Namani, mm. very key people, you know. And uh, you, you could ask yourself this simple question what happened to the votes? Even from their states, did they get the votes? Where is the cohesion? PDP, the same thing, yes, they agitated that power should shift to the south. The likes of Wiki and the rest came, mm. you know, vigorously into ensuring that uh, they got the ticket to be able to take power to the south. What happened? They, they, they deceived themselves, and then, uh, you know, uh, what do I call it? Uh, they, did, they were not able to, you know, deliver on what they needed to do. So what is the level of cohesion? I, my brother, look, let's not be taken away by what we read. Let's not be taken away by mm. sentiment, because every extraordinary situation like Nigeria has found itself has to be dealt with extraordinarily. So this uh, this uh, emotion, this, uh, uh, what is it, of saying that uh, power should shift to the south? One, let's look at it from two angles. One, we are in a very extraordinary situation, and I think we, the right thing to do if we want to save this country is not to give in to these sentiments that power yeah. has to go anywhere. Whoever has the capacity to provide this leadership as required going forward to save this country from capsizing is the person that we should be following, irrespective of where the person is coming from, whether from the north or from the south. Then, two, I am telling you for free again that uh, the south is uh, not together, and so we don't see them going far. So now let me directly tell you something. The north, of course, you know, they operate like cults when it comes to voting, and uh, they, are, they, they, are, they have decided uh, the PDP candidate is not a factor the only person they know, as far as they are concerned, is uh, is uh, His Excellency Senator Abiy Musa Kwanso. I don't need to tell you other details of uh, what is being considered by Northerners here. I'm a Northerner. I don't need to go too deep into that on air. But I can tell you that all the factors are working, you know, in favour of His Excellency uh, Rabbi Musa Kwanso. Now the battleground is in the south. You know, we have a, a presidential candidate from the southeast that. A, you call southeasterners are not even supporting. How mm. many of these Igbo people are supporting P2B, apart from the social media boys? How many of these Yoruba people are supporting uh, Bola Ahmed Tinubu, apart from the social media people? Look, the truth is that we have the not, you know, put together, facing one direction. We are heading down south, as you can see, His Excellency Rabbi Musa Kwanku are so doing lately. We are heading down south to see how, 
you know, we can just do for these votes and pick what we want to be able to consolidate on what we are going to gather in the north. So I can tell you once again that uh, the next president of this country, irrespective of sentiments, irrespective of anything, using the yardstick of capacity, using the yardstick of somebody who has the energy and the passion, you know, to save a decaying and fast capsizing country like Nigeria is His Excellency Senator Dr. Rabi Musa Kwankwasu. And uh, right. the, the, the indicators are there for Nigerians to see. We would urge them to go pick up their PVCs and join us. That's all uh, that I can tell them. All right. Thank you very much. appreciate you, uh, Dr. Agbo. But before I let you go, this morning in the papers, uh, we have uh, the annex chairman, uh, Mahmoud Yakubu saying that the 2023 elections uh, are threatened. Well, obviously, uh, he's talking about uh, attacks on INEC facilities and all of these issues. How confident are you about uh, the seamless uh, conduct of uh, next year general elections? So looking at all of these attacks uh, in some parts of the country. Look, if you, one of the things I need to tell you about uh, Professor Mahmoud is that he's a very resilient person. Once mm. he raises alarm, uh, he's just saying that uh, he wants to, because he's somebody who believes in having it 100%. Mm. I can tell you that the chances of disrupting this election uh, for 2023 is just uh, less than 25%, you know, the winning that comfortably he's operating comfortably with about 75% chances of ensuring that there is a hitch-free election. But he's a perfect person who believes in perfection. Right. That he's crying does not mean that the election is anyway endangered. Let me tell you that uh, if you look at the details of what they are talking about, they will tell you that uh, the key things, the sensitive materials that would, uh, you know, likely derail the election are not uh, in those places that uh, the arsonists are burning down. You know, they are not stupid to go and put uh, materials in such vulnerable places. So uh, the election is going to go on like he did say yesterday. And I can tell you that uh, I am confident that uh, we're going to have the best because for the first time, the chances of people manipulating the election is reduced because of the use of the diverse machine. Uh, the diverse would either verify your facial or your thumbprint or the two. Otherwise, you have no chances of uh, voting at all because the PVCs, uh, the PVC has to be for you, unlike in the case of the past when the card reader would mm. deliberately be popped up and then the incidence form is used to create room for people to vote fraudulently. Now, that's no longer possible. The, the Divas machine has to verify you before you are given the ballot paper to be able to cast your vote. So I am confident completely that uh, we're going to have a very near-perfect election that would, uh, you know, uh, over, overtake all that we have, all the games we have made in the past in, in the terms past. of elections, I can assure you that. Thank you very much for your time on the conversation on New Cruzana Achievement 7 FM. This morning, Dr. Major Agbo, the National Publicity Secretary of the New Nigeria's People's Party, NNPP. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, sincerely, I appreciate you and wish you uh, best of luck. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Okay, let's pick some calls right now. I think I have someone on the line. Good morning. Hmm. Hello, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Please go Hello, ahead. Good morning. Uh, my time is fast spent. Mr. Azan, calling from Oye. Mr. Azan, let's Please, have you. I just want to ask one or two questions from the spokesperson for Radio hey. uh, Kankashu. I don't know whether it's spokesperson or this. No. I want to ask him, mm. what is the structure that is on ground within the southwest here or the south? Like mm. in my state here, where I'm speaking from, which is ATP State, I have not seen any structure that shows that and a new Nigeria People's Party is having any aim or objective of winning this state. Maybe you can clarify us and tell us, because in Kano, where it comes from, 
that is a trust, a, bat, a battleground. We have three people are battling for it. The APC itself, which is the governor, the Kwanjuje, and uh, he himself from that state, and I think also from the north. I want to ask whether he will be able to win or give us what is expected of us within these regions. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Appreciate you, Mr. Zan from Oye. I'm sorry we can't pick any more calls on the program this morning. I need to go right away. We sincerely appreciate you and wish you uh, best of luck.